1: a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we look back at the disastrous trip out to Florida, and where in the world the jets go from here
0: hello everybody Hi. recording live
1: from somewhere what's good and welcome to another episode of skates and plates on the hockey podcast network i'm your host brandon Rowicki. you can follow me on twitter at brandon underscore Rewiki or the podcast at skates plates pod All right, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody was able to survive the absolute awfulness of what we've had to go through these past few days here in Manitoba. And I hope everyone handled the blizzard too okay. Hey-oh! That one's funny because the Jets stink. They stink. They stink to high heaven right now. And in a season that's been littered with disappointments and low points you can go right ahead and add another one to the list as the Jets give up 13 goals, just one shy of a couple of TDs in back-to-back embarrassments in the Sunshine State, officially stamping themselves outside of the postseason picture. And, you know, it was comedian John Oliver that once said, You see way, way up there? Way, way high? High above our heads? Can you see that? that's rock bottom. And I think that's a pretty damn good summary of the state of the Winnipeg Jets over the last few weeks here, closing out the regular season. I mean, just when you think this team has embarrassed themselves enough, you get performances like what we saw over the weekend. And I don't even want to necessarily get into a major systems breakdown here or anything like that, because quite frankly, I'm tired of going the broken record route about how brutal this team is defensively. I mean, we've seen that this entire year. You don't need me to, you know, point out the obvious for another episode here. But just listen to what Nikolai Ehlers had to say. Post-game after the beatdown in Florida at the hands of the Panthers. Not even the Lightning game, but the Panthers game, the 6-1 loss. Because this, to me, these comments from Nikolai Ehlers was really illuminating as to the state of the club right now. We didn't come out ready to play.
0: You know, our line goes out there the first two shifts, we get scored on, and that's just straight up not good enough. With um, the position that we're in, you can't do that. You know, they're obviously a great team, and we weren't good today. So, you know, a team like that, that is buzzing in their own building, they're going to take advantage of, of of a team that's, you know, not playing the right way.
1: Nicola, how do you get back to playing the right way tomorrow
0: against another tough Tampa team? You chip the puck out, you chip the puck in, you get on their defensemen, you shoot the puck, and you work hard, you skate fast. That's, you know, it's as simple as that. You know, uh, today we were trying to pass it through, and we were, you know, turning off them when they had the puck and and not being physical and, and not playing fast. So that's what we got to do. Nicole, I have to admit, we can asked ask that question. I thought it would be kind of big systemic stuff, but those kind of sound like the fundamentals and I'm wondering if you can put it into words about why that is at this stage of the season that the fundamentals aren't quite there. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, at this point of the year, where you're pushing for a playoff spot, you know, that's that's why we're not in a playoff spot. You know, we uh, we haven't played the right way in a lot of games, and and you know that you see what that leads to. You know, I think the easy way to put it is that we're just not playing the type of hockey that. That the Jets want to play and, and, and the type of hockey that you know you can you can hold everyone accountable for and, and you know that's just it sucks. It, it absolutely sucks.
1: It sure does, Nikki. It it sure does suck. I imagine it sucks in that locker room, but it sucks sitting down for two and a half hours watching it too. And great questions there from Ken Weeban and Marah Tej. And a great example, too, actually, of of how to get honest answers from players by, you know, being respectful and, and still asking some tough questions. But a few takeaways from that. And the first for me is that that is how a leader on a team sounds like. I know Nicky hasn't worn a letter on his jersey in the NHL before, but I got no problem stitching one on for game one of next season because that was a scathing indictment of his team. Without calling anyone out by name, but finally somebody steps up and says what a lot of Jets fans at least wanted somebody to say. So great on Nikolai Ehlers there to come out and be just blunt and and frank and and, and say it like it is. I, I thought that was a nice show of leadership by number 27. The second thing though is just how damning, specifically the last half, Of his answers were there in in, in that clip there. Talking about how sick he is of the Jets not playing the right way. And you could tell it in his voice too. It's not just words. He, He really is just sick and tired of the way the team has played over the last little while. And just using the magic word accountability. How this team does not hold anybody accountable. And man oh man ain't that the truth here in Winnipeg. Because time and time again, we see the same mistakes, the same culprits, the same issues, and nothing's changed. It really is absolutely remarkable going back through this horrendous season that there has not been a change in the hierarchy of the lines or the playing time for anybody with significant stature in the organization. Unless your name is Evgeny Svechnikov or Vili Heinola. I've yet to see poor play result in a demotion or a lack of ice time. And and like Ealer said, man, does that suck. And this weekend as a whole was you know a splash of cold water or a couple of feet of snow in April on a few fronts for the Jets. Because one, it really showed just how far away. This hockey club is, from reaching the level of a team like the Panthers or the Lightning, ju- just speaking strictly on on-ice results, you got a, you got a dose of what it takes to be amongst the league's elite, and the Winnipeg Jets don't even sniff. They're not even close. They're not even on the doorstep of what those two teams in particular have to offer. But two, just how this organization has failed to hold anybody accountable for the team's awful play this year anyone and and look no further as well than the team that we saw take the ice in tampa bay on saturday night because not that long ago lightning head coach john cooper benched nikita kucherov for the entire third period and overtime of a game the season after he won league mvp the freaking hard trophy Yet you saw John Cooper bench somebody of that stature for well over 20 minutes because of a poor play at turnover in a game, a regular season game, not even a postseason game, to try and set the tone for his team. What did they do? They went on to win a couple of Stanley Cups because of... Well, not because of that, but hey, I I, I don't doubt that it played a part in setting the tone for the rest of the, the organization. And it's, it's the same thing with other top teams too. I mean, Jared Bednar, right, a few years back... Was so hard on Nathan McKinnon at a game that McKinnon almost got physical with his coach on the bench. Which he was also disciplined for afterwards. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it necessarily has to get to that level. But showing tough love to the leaders of your team goes a long way as well. And even Minnesota too. You know, in a, in a different sort of way. They said enough's enough. They eat like 30 million cap space or whatever it is for these next few seasons. Because they wanted to set a standard. In their organization they held their previous leadership group accountable for poor attitude and subpar play and they showed them the door and and, and look where they are this year and, and they're thriving and surviving and well on their way to potentially a deep playoff run so the Jets have have so far to go with so many areas and and we'll talk about different things that need to happen when it comes to on-ice play, coaching systems, personnel, all that. But accountability is no doubt about it the first thing that needs to be addressed going into next season if this team has any hope of turning the ship around sometime soon. Any hope whatsoever. Number one defenseman, better team play, a more balanced forward, all that stuff's important. It's not as important as changing what's rotten. And and that's kind of the ironic thing about this is, you know, having a Dane step up to the mic and speak the truth because there is something rotten in the state of Denmark when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets in 2021-2022. A few more things for the weekend to get to as well. Unfortunately, some more negative stuff, as well as a preview of what's to come this week and meeting up with some old pals too, checking in to see on how some former Jets are doing as they're thriving in their new location. But before we do that, we do have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Because the official sports betting partner of the NHL has a massive deal for everybody right now, new customers can bet just a single buck on any team to win, and you get $150 in free bets if they do. You could have made $150 in free bets if you bet on either the Panthers or the Lightning to beat the short headed Jets this past weekend. See, it's really that easy to make money. And a reminder too, Sportsbook is not available in your state or province just yet. New customers, any customers, can make big-time bucks playing for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Twenty-one or older, restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So a few more notes to get to from the weekend, and then a bit of a look ahead too as we wrap up the episode in the middle of the week here. Now another thing that pissed me off over the weekend, and and pretty damn well everybody else in the city that follows the team, the news of the lineup change on Saturday. Dylan Sandberg comes out, Logan Stanley goes back in. And look, I I don't want to make this a Logan Stanley bash session because it's quite frankly, it's not his fault that he gets put into the lineup over certain other prospects for the Winnipeg Jets. He's not making the calls as far as I know, I, I don't think Logan Stanley has that kind of pull in the organization. Although that might be the only that might be the only logical explanation for it because it's not even a Stanley thing as much as it's, What's the reason that Dylan Sandberg gave to have him sit out a game or two or three here? He's been arguably one of the few bright spots of this entire team since he stepped back into the lineup. And whether you want to go eye test, whether you want to go fancy stats, he's passed both of those, right? Like he's amongst the team's best performers in expected goals in Corsi, if, if you're inclined to look at it that way. Or if you just want to go old-fashioned, you know, he I don't see a lot of mistakes from him when he's out there on the ice. I, I see his offensive game progressing and evolving and, and getting better and more pronounced as each game goes by. His rush D has been great, transition, physicality. I, I mean, what, what other elements of hockey do you need him to, to show that he's, he's shining in to, to keep him in the lineup here? And he's again giving you the best of both worlds. You're, you're getting a prospect valuable playing time, but it's it's not hurting the team either because he's been one of the more solid defensemen that that the club has thrown out there over these past couple of months. I just don't get it. I I, I really can't understand it. I mean, the Hanla thing was 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 one decision, but I I think. I think it's clear that Dylan Sandberg has been playing even better than Hainala did. And he was playing well when he was taken out of the lineup for, for Logan Stanley a little while back. And maybe the thing that, that pissed me off the most about this whole situation here was Dave Lowry's comments as to why he made the move going into the Tampa Bay game. And, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it here, but it was the line, you know, we thought it was Logan Stanley's time to get back in. It, it had been enough time for him on the sidelines we needed to get him back into a game <laughs> what the hell does that even mean <laughs> why why is it stanley's time to get back in why why hasn't it been vili hanella's time to get back into the lineup he, he's missed more time than than anybody else here right like if, if you're going to put somebody in you, would it would not would it not make the most sense to give the guy that's been on the sidelines the longest a bit of a shot to to show what he can show with the lineup and, and at that point why is it sandberg's time <laughs> right like I just don't get it it's it's another confounding move in a season that's that's sucked and it just appears to be a a blind spot for the for the organization whether it's management or or coaching staffs making this move sorry you just you can't convince me that Logan Stanley's a better option at this point than Dylan Sandberg in the lineup again I I don't want to make this a, a Stanley bash session because it's you know not his fault here but You're talking about accountability and and, and rewarding players for strong play. This is the opposite of that. And it, it must suck for a kid like Dylan Sandberg, who's done everything right since he stepped back into the lineup. And the reward for his solid play is a benching, a trip to the press box after a tough night for the entire team. Not just Dylan Sandberg. So that that really, it set the tone for what was going to be a extremely disappointing night in Tampa Bay. And look, Dylan Sandberg was, Dylan Sandberg being in was not going to change the result of that game. Because the Jets played more than poorly enough to deserve a a multi-goal, a multi-goal defeat in that one. But might have made the loss a little bit more palatable seeing Sandberg play another solid 15, 16, 17 minutes, and maybe creating a bit more momentum for him going into the final six games of the regular season. So, another negative here to kind of wind things down as we uh, we head, thankfully, into the stretch run before there's no more regular season hockey to talk about for the Winnipeg Jets here. There was one positive, though, that came out of the weekend. The, the lone sliver that I think we could find here, you know, hey, Ehlers and Stastie continue to look extremely good together. That might be fleeting positivity, though, if if Paul Sassy decides to um, try out greener pastures this upcoming offseason. But the one consistent positive since he came back over to the Winnipeg Jets, uh, we, we got to continue to give more love to Mason Appleton. I mean, he was, in my opinion, the team's most consistent performer, over the past two games in, in Florida, in Tampa Bay. And he's just been, he's been lights out since he came. There, there's no other way to put it. He's been so, so damn impressive. And there's been a lot of poor moves that have happened with this team over the past, you know, even just 24 months. But kind of under the, under the radar, one of Kevin Chivaldayoff's better moves is going to turn out to be the reacquisition of Mason Appleton for just a fourth round pick. And I would like to see him get even more responsibility thrown onto his shoulders, to be honest with you. I'd, lo- I'd love to see him find a line or find a spot somewhere in the top six. His, his play has warranted it. I mean, I, I know I know he's a natural fit with Adam Lowry and everything like that. And, and they've they've both been really, really solid. But give the kid a little bit of time in the top six. You know, if you want to have Ehlers and Stasny together, put Mason Appleton up there for a handful of shifts and and, and see what can happen there. I, I just, I, I've really, really loved the way he stepped up. Effort has not been an issue whatsoever with him. Solid defensively, but you're starting to see that offensive spark that we saw before he was picked by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. He's he's going to be a big player for this team next year and, and in the next couple of years to come. I'll be intrigued to see what his... His next contract is going to look like cap-wise, and that's something we'll definitely dig into once the season comes around, but tell you what, I don't think it's going to be a big number, and whatever that number is, I'm going to go on record and say Mason Appleton healthily outperforms that, no doubt about it, absolute home run move by Kevin Chevalier, Brady Mason Appleton back into the fold. So yeah, that that was the lone positive of the weekend here, but we'll... uh, We'll switch gears quickly as we wrap up the episode and we'll look ahead here to a pretty busy week for the Winnipeg Jets. Like I said, just a handful of games before the regular season wraps up. And the first of those goes Tuesday night against some familiar faces as the Jets head out on the road to take on the New York Rangers. The Andrew Kopp and Jacob Truba, in part, led New York Rangers here. And I just thought, you know, for those that haven't been keeping tabs on, on both of those players, you could take a minute to do so right now. I did a little bit of work for you guys, so you don't have to here. But starting with Andrew Cop, look, I, I love the haul the Jets got for him. It was honestly a little bit higher than I than I kind of anticipated, and I was on the uh on the optimistic side of the fence when it came to that. But damn, is he a good player? Like, <laughs> like hey, the the trade haul was good, but oh man, the Winnipeg Jets are gonna miss a guy like Andrew Copp in their lineup, and they're gonna be trying to find a way to replace him, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna try to find their their next Andrew Copp, wherever that might be. But he's gone into New York and fit in absolutely seamlessly, and despite the high price that they gave up, he's 100% been worth it so far for the New York Rangers because in 13 games since the trade deadline, 13 points for Andrew Cobb, and he's found himself at a pretty damn good spot beside, oh, let's see here, uh, yep, Artemi Panarin, the bread man is one of his wing, is, is one of his line mates, there's been a little bit of, of change in, in different options in that, Ryan Strome's been kind of the the, the main one there, but Andrew Kopp has not looked out of place whatsoever, played with one of the most talented players in the NHL in our Timmy Panarin, and you're talking about a point a game guy that's solid defensively and can play down the middle and out there on the wing. He, he's been everything that the New York Rangers could have possibly hoped for, and yeah, I, I don't think Andrew Kopp being in Winnipeg changes the playoff fates or anything like that, but man, that is a massive, massive hole that the Jets are going to have to try to find a way to fill next season. And I don't think it's going to be Andrew Kopp coming back Ala Mason Appleton. I think he's going to be getting himself a pretty damn good paycheck somewhere by some team this offseason. But at the very least, you know, in a season that sucked for the Jets, good to see a former Jet find some success because Andrew Kopp has been really, really stellar for the New York Rangers since moving over there a couple of weeks ago. So good for him. That's nice. Jacob Truba, meanwhile, for those that haven't been keeping up with his play... um. I, I, I guess you'd say he's been he's been solid. he's been you know good but not great for the Rangers. that that kind of describes his entire tenure with the Blue shirts, doesn't it? Like he he definitely has not lived up to the hefty eight million eight million dollar cap hit that he's uh, pulling in here. but but he's been a good player for them. And you know you have to give him some credit for bringing along Keandre Miller, who's been dynamite for the Rangers all season long but certainly not the not the 50 point first power play all situations defense but he was in this final season with the Winnipeg Jets right he hasn't he hasn't been able to to reach those highs out there in Broadway which is too bad he, he's a nice kid I <laughs> got the chance to meet him outside of the the rink a few times and he's a nice guy I, I've always I've always rooted for Jacob Truba but he yeah there's there's no other way to put it been a pretty decent size struggle for, for Jacob Truba out there with the Rangers his first few seasons with the team and even with Neil Pionk's struggles this year yeah I, I don't think there's too many Winnipeg Jets that want to do over on that trade and it's funny too because at the time and I was probably in this group not real hopeful that that one was gonna work out well for Winnipeg but having a handle to go along with the Neil Pionk and avoiding paying eight million dollars to Jacob Truba. I think that one worked out pretty well for the Jets. So we'll see how those two look, how Truba and Cop look when they take on the Winnipeg Jets. Cop's first game against his former team. That'll be fun. That'll be cool to see. We'll see if we can get a much better effort at the very least before we talk about results with the Winnipeg Jets in that game on a Tuesday night. But that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. We'll cap it off there. Thank you guys once again so much for listening. We'll get back at it on Friday with a couple of games to break down for you. The aforementioned game against the Rangers, followed by a matchup against, oh, and let's hope it's not as ugly as the first time these two teams met, but the Carolina Hurricanes welcome in the Winnipeg Jets on Thursday night Oh, and then the Avalanche are the the next matchup on the schedule after that, so it's uh, it's a bit of a bit of a daunting stretch here for the Jets. But we'll get into those games: Rangers, Hurricanes. By the time we come back to Friday's episode, might also throw in an interesting question regarding Kevin Chevalier and management's future here with the Winnipeg Jets. But we'll get to that when we get back to it to wrap up the rest of the work week here on a Friday. Until then, though, once again. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Verwicki. We'll get back at it on Friday. Until then, stay safe. Have a great week, everybody. Stay out of the snow as well. Peace.